Hello and welcome. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you know, we're still here. We are still here. The Two Beers Please podcast is back in action. Still standing. Still standing. This is uh, your co-host, Yannick. I'm with my uh, ever, ever great uh, co-host, Matthew. Um, And yeah, we're happy to be back. Can't argue with you there. Can't argue with you there. I don't know. I was going to say evergreen, and I felt like that would that would make it seem like you're really old. But like you're evergreen too, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like it. I like ever evergreen. That makes me. It feels. I don't know why that feels so prestigious, but it it does. The evergreen, Matthew Philip. Um, yeah. No, but I I I am happy to be back, and I know Matt is also. We've we've talked about it. We're really happy to be back. It's been a month of hiatus. It really has, and that's been for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, I and and none of them all related to the disappointing Super Bowl that we ended on. <laughs> Nothing related to that any, at all, right? <laughs> I couldn't talk about. It. That's honestly, we yeah, we've got we got lots of different excuses, but the main truth is the fact that I just was. I still feel like I haven't gotten back into like watching ESPN regularly. Like I, I will for like sports just because of college basketball. But like I used to check in to get up a couple times a week. And but like post post NFC Championship game alone, I was like, "Hi, this sucks." But uh, you know, it is what it is. I should be used to it. Between the Packers and Man and United, uh, my team just will get to the semifinals and then lose. It's like I think the last like six or seven times that's happened to my my respective squads. So Hawkeyes, break that break that at the Big Ten uh, conference tournament for me, please. There you go. Yeah, I I, I want to tell you guys that we are back uh, in business for the long haul. But I will say, if Iowa for whatever reason, like knock on wood, goes out in the first round, I'm also not talking about March Madness for much. Yeah. For much. Oh man. <laughs> like I'm I'm a, they don't have to win. They have to get out of the first round. Please get out of the second round is actually probably more like Just it. Give me, you know? Yeah. I mean, I really like. I really really want. Especially if we're like a one or a two. Not saying there's not good seven seeds or ten seeds or not even eight or nine seeds. Like the second round is always deadly, but like being a one or two, you should be pretty favorable. Like if you're a three, I mean, <laughs> hey, let me go into my logic of basically just how the, the bracket. If you're this to see, that means it's easier. Uh, but like you know what I mean, where like if you're if you're one of those top two, I think you really should be feeling comfortable about getting to a sweet sixteen. Um, so agreed. I just, uh, and the last time the Hawks were up this high, last time they were a three seed, it ended so heartbreakingly. Poorly. Like I just, so poorly. like just give me like the opening game, just be like a blowout. And then I don't even care if the second round game's close and we better win. But like, I, I, I can, I can deal with a, you know, a nail biter, but just give me like one blowout and please make it to the sweet 16. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't ask for much. You guys are faithful to the nation. I'm asking you to just make it to the Sweet 16. That's how little faith I have. So just make it there. My goodness. Yeah. Well, and that's like. I mean, it is hard. Like, as the Hawkeyes, as I said, the last time we really had a chance, it was the three seed. We lost in the f- first round. Iowa State has been a three that lost. You know, by uh, 
beaten by UAB when they had that really, really good team and they were at two seed before. And like, it, like the tournament is tough where like, it is hard to advance no matter where you're at. I mean, we finally even, we finally now can even be like, there's only been one seed that hasn't been upset. Like that 16 finally beat a one, like that is March. So uh, I know it's not easy, but like I said, as, a, as the fifth ranked team and do, doing what we've been doing and playing like they've been playing, I'm optimistic. Yeah, optimistic. Um, but basically the point of all this being uh, said is, you know, we'll try to hold our heads high through this if, if the sports world does us dirty. Uh, at the same time, you wouldn't ask your buddy to go to the bar and drink with you right after his team gets eliminated. I would never do that. So let's just let's all be clear. This is still this is still uh, very much like real life. And uh, we will treat it as such. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Bear, bear with us. It's just a, it's just a cautionary tale of being a Hawkeye fan, you know? Mm. Oh my gosh. It's just been ups and downs. And you know, if something bad happens tonight, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to lose it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really good to be back. Uh, we have so much to talk about. Obviously it is the month of March. So we have March madness, you know, knock on wood. We have it. I, I still, there's a little part of me that's scared. You know, like it's so close. <laughs> like me and Matt had tickets to the Big East tournament last 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 year that got canceled when everything happened, and so I my my faith has been shaken. So I'm I, I just I want to see it out, and uh, yeah, that's that's all. I've been burned before. I've been burned before, but yeah, here we are, and we are talking all things sports. As always, you can find us on Facebook at Two Beers Please Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at the number two BP underscore podcast. If you ever want to know how Matt's feeling about something, go to the Twitter site. <laughs> so funny! Oh my goodness, it is. Yeah, it is an entity in its own. Let me tell you, I was gonna. It is I was gonna go hilarious. on a big Trey. Um, I was gonna go on a big Trey Young rant the other day. But I, uh, I didn't want to get too worked up, so I didn't do it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and you can find us on Instagram at two beers, please underscore podcast spelled like it sounds. And of course you can find the podcast on anchor, Spotify, iTunes. And also if you have a site that you listen to that we're not on, you know, let us know and we'll find a way to get it to you. I'll even like, you know, write out a transcript and me and Matt will shout it from respective boroughs in New York. And, and you can just kind of like listen in one ear uh, and then run over and listen to the other. I, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to do that. I got time. Uh, you know, whatever. Honestly, whatever you and need, like people uh, like people shouting in the street in New York City, like that's not going to startle anybody. Like nobody's going to be upset by that. Oh, yeah. Like people are just shouting in the street. So it's a it's a performance piece that's very plausible here in the city. Right. In fact, they might just be like, oh, wow, that's actually something substantial for once. Not just like yeah. a, row, a, row, a row of slurs. That's so great. And randomly ranting about I don't even know what. And six yeah, different thesis points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are back. Uh, and so, Matthew, we are back. And I, for the first time in this new era of the Two Beers Please podcast, I ask you, how are we feeling? I'm I'm doing well. It's uh, it's nice to be back here. It's nice to be back. I'm back in in New York at least for a short amount of time, uh, which is always nice. Um, 
as as different as as the city feels, it's still it's still home at this point. So glad to be back doing this with you. Glad to be back in the city. I got ESPN with four different games on right in front of me. So glad that March is here. I I mean, conference championship week at times is like kind of the best week of the year because there's literally just basketball on all the time and usually the games are pretty pretty tight i know like obviously opening week of march madness is it's tough to beat but some conference championship game like or just week uh days and you got different like some teams some championships end on like saturday others on friday so you know the the different stakes and different conferences i'm happy yannick there's there's a lot of basketball to be had and i will be enjoying lots of it how are you doing man I'm doing well, man. March is my month. Like, I, I mean that for so many reasons, but we were talking before the weather's better. Uh, my birthday is the end of this month. I'll be I'll be celebrating my my golden birthday. So the 25th, uh, I'll be turning 25. So uh, yeah, be exciting. Right. Uh, and and and, you know, we you said it March Madness. If I, we are the Mr. St. Pat- Patrick's Day. Oh, St. Patrick's Day, all of it. You know, it's it's just, it, it's got everything you need. Good month, good month. I know people are like, oh, it's been a year since everything. You know, I get it. But, you know, just, March is great. Don't hit on March. It's not March's fault that that y'all didn't know how to mask up in the right times, all right? <laughs> That's not March's fault. I'll take my I'll take my wins where I can get them. Like, still March. Like, March is better than February. Like, shit. Yeah, it's my March. Leave my March alone. Leave my March alone. Um, no, but I, I, I'm really doing well. You know, I, I've, I've been having in the last year this fear of moving forward a little bit that I've been uh, wrestling with. You know, I, I think that sometimes, you know, it, some of it's been caused the pandemic, but, you know, some of it has just been caused by, you know, just j- regular old fear that has kind of latched on to the pandemic and everything that's been happening. Because, like, at the, at the end of the day, sometimes letting things lie is super easy you know letting things just be where they're at is like the easy way out and diving into the deep end is hard um but you know we are made to dive that's why we are here and so you just gotta kind of take that leap and i'm feeling more and more like i'm ready to take that and so yeah i'm i'm feeling like a wind of change is coming with the new season so that makes me feel really good take that dive and Wind of Change, the two new motivational books coming out by, by Yannick this next year. I'm excited for them. I agree with you, though. And I and I know exactly what I, I, I tease, but I, I totally I, I feel you. I mean, like an uncertain time in, in our lives regardless. Um, and then you add on, I think, the pandemic. I think, like, everybody, whether you realize it or not, had a little bit of, like, an introspective look of, like, okay, we're the – where the hell is life going and stuff? So, a trying twelve months. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I know what I know exactly where you're coming from for sure. Yeah, yeah. Also, if I was gonna write a book called Dive, it would be called Dive: The Neymar Story. <laughs> that would be my book, Dive. It wouldn't be about. It wouldn't be a motivational Heck. book. It would be a long rant about Neymar. <laughs> That's what I it just, would be. Yeah, uh, I mean, the winds have changed. The documentary, the the documentary would be would be quite long. Oh, oh, cold. 
Oh, cold, ice cold, ice cold. Uh, Actually, no, I, we 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 just and we. Yeah, that's true. I was gonna say. I feel like you would like that. I feel like that was right up your alley oh, of, of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All well, right. Well, well, let's I don't get know right why into bears at all. Hey, you know what? It's a weird. It's it's our comeback it's episode. It's Things mood, are weird. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What a gracious. Yeah. Gracious exactly. Mood. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, let's move right back into it, man. It's college basketball season at its finest. It's March Madness, baby. I mean, I I think I know the answer. Is this your favorite sports time of the year? Yeah, oh, for sure. Right, no I mean, I, yeah. I like, it's just, I normally I care about, like, of course, I care about the NBA, you know, playoffs. And, of course, I care about the NFL, you know, the Super Bowl and, like, the playoffs. But most of the time, I care about the playoffs as much as my teams are involved. And, like, of course, like, I, I want Iowa to do well. But I, I'll watch March Madness through and through. Like, I really will. I'll watch all of it. I'll, you know, I, I'll i watch UTEP play Tennessee on a on a weird Tuesday night. I really will. I, tr- I truly, truly will. Those are, those are the best. I mean, every game's good, like, right now. Like I said, like, it's everyone's playing for seeding. And their conference in the tournament, or they're in their conference cha- like uh, tournaments already. Um, some of the smaller conferences have already started. So, like each game, just it, it's all kind of culminating in, in right now. I, I love this. I love this month. Um, I've got I've got good memories of. I got to go to the first and second round games. Got to go to the final four once. Um, my, my, my favorite memory of this month is probably a few years ago when I moved into this apartment, the, uh, big 10 tournament was in the, it was in Madison square garden. And so nice. my dad, my dad and I went and saw some play and beat Illinois and then give Michigan a pretty good game, which, uh, to like seeing Iowa and MSG in the conference tournament was one of my, that's a chef's kiss kind of sports moment. It doesn't get much better than that. Even though we weren't yeah. very good at the time. Hey, who cares? Adam Woodbury, let's go. <laughs> no, I. Uh, it was Woodbury had just graduated. It was like it was Garza's oh, freshman it was year. I was Garza's freshman year. Oh, yeah, Hannah's yeah. freshman year. Yeah, so like we played hard. We had some like you know, I think Jock was there, and we just didn't have a, we just didn't have quite the team yet. But they won a game. It was sick. I mean, they beat Illinois. There you go. Got to take your wins, like we said. And yeah, like we said earlier, me and Matt, we had tickets to go to the Big East tournament. Then it got canceled and this whole pandemic began. So we're just so happy to we get to see everything this time around. Great times. And I mean, we didn't know this at the time, but how great is it, Matt, that we will indeed get to see Luca Garza lead the Hawkeyes into tournament play. Uh, not something that we were promised all the entire time. So just happy that it worked out that way. And um, hoping for him and and all of Iowa fans that we can make the most of this opportunity. Yeah, especially I mean last year, you know, getting I mean we we were kind of felt pretty good about Iowa, you know, going to the tournament last year. So they had that, you know, each team had the the conference and and the NCAA tournament in NIT, all the all the different postseason tournaments kind of stolen from them. So nice to even you know I think the NIT is a little smaller this year and it's all being held in Texas, but finding a way to even do that, uh, that tournament and get teams rewarded. And, uh, it's awesome. You know, I mean, this is, this, this isn't like a bowl game where like, oh yeah, we got to the, 
mayo, whatever, you know, miracle whip bowl. You make the tournament like you you've got a chance. We've we've seen that more more times than once, more times than not. And especially in a year like this where it just feels like the, the gap. I mean, I, I think Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, pretty clearly the top three teams, but you know, the gap from four to 35, I don't think is, is all that wide. Uh, and I think we're going to see a lot of surprises. I think so too. I mean, I honestly passed, well, let's go, let's just go into it before. Let's just, let's just go straight into it. We're going to look at the top 10 as the AP had them ranked in their last ranking. Uh, and we're just going to go through what we think of them at the top. No other team deserves to be here. And you said clear who the top three teams is. I, I would say it's clear who the top team is, period. And and I think that's what I can really be clear on. I agree. On. Yeah, and it's, and it's the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Uh, what a program over the last couple of years. And, and I think... I, you know, I think it probably culminates in a championship this year. They got Corey Kispert and Drew Timmy, uh, who are both averaging 19 plus points per game. And then you have Drew Timmy and Joel Ayayi, both averaging seven plus rebounds per game. You have Jalen Suggs, who's who's kind of contributing all over the place with rebounds, assists, seals, points. And they're 24 and 0, the best team in the league by far. They should win um, the Western Conference Championship. The, my my only thing is Matt, like. I, I don't know if there's much else to say about Gonzaga that they're the best team. They should win the championship. They had an eight gap. They have an eight gap game before their final, their conference final. And then they have no game again until March 15th. Do you think this affects them in any way? Do you think they go somehow like if they get rested a lot, but do you think this affects their play at all? Not really just because that's normal for Gonzaga. Like that's not, it's not like their conference is doing that because of the because uh, of COVID. It's just like one of the smaller, since it is a small conference, um, they'll do a lot of those earlier on so that they can get you know more TV slots. So no, because I, it's it's normal Gonzaga, and I think not that as I said anything can happen. We've seen a 16 seed beat a one seed. They are going to have what, what should be at least one tune up game between a 16 seed and even for Gonzaga. I don't think that we're you know. We're thinking a nine or an eight is really going to, you know, challenge them very much. So I, so I think even if the, maybe there is a bit of rust, I, I think they got two games where they're too good that well, they'll figure it out by the time that would, you know, a- actually affect them and their play. Right. So Gonzaga, you see them as the favorites? Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think they have to be. I know we know the storyline conference wise, as we just you know said about the West coast conference, it's, it's not the most daunting conference, but Gonzaga has more than proved itself over the last, you know, two decades, really. Um, they made the, the national championship game a couple of years ago, finally getting through that final four, um, getting that monkey off their back. And this year they came in, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for them is they've come in as the best team. And, and even though their conference is weak every year, Mark few makes sure his, his team is, is challenged in the non-conference, and he did that again this year with games against West Virginia and Iowa. Um, and then they proved, proved themselves time and time again in those tests. So it, it's it, we know what they can do offensively. We know just who this program is now. It's, it's not like this is an up-and-comer that we're surprised by. So it, it's, um, they're, they're a traditional power. And I think now the, the question is, can they, can they make that next kind of step and and get their first national championship. This team is obviously the best chance at, at that happening for them. 
There you go. And and I think I think we've we've it's funny, we've stood on that hill for a long time and never wavered with Gonzaga. We thought they were gonna win when it started, and we'd think they're gonna win now that it's ending. And it's uh it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do to 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 keep that consistency, but they look like a team that's ready to do it. Uh and it'll be you know, nuts too because they like they're not gonna lose in the conference uh tournament. So like if they do this, they'll They'll be undefeated. And so, you know, the first undefeated team since 1976, since the Hoosiers did it, uh, you know, a feat that, that few teams, Kentucky was close. Um, a few teams along the way have been, have been close. But um, so there's there's a lot of history on the line for Gonzaga. There you go. I think they're more than up to the challenge, though. So let's go to the teams that are competing to be, you know, maybe their challengers. The number two seed, not Baylor. Who could have seen that coming? Not Baylor. Uh, Michigan, Michigan at 18 and two, only two losses in a tough big 10 division. You know, the next closest team with losses in the big 10 division is Illinois with six. So that shows you what the big 10 has done to teams. Uh, and you know, they got a really balanced offense. They obviously their stars are Hunter Dickinson and Isaiah livers. Uh, they got Franz Wagner who Iowa fans got a taste of the other day. It was not fun. Uh, they got Mike Smith. They got Eli Brooks. They got a really balanced offense. They also have a pretty good defense. They're allowing 66 points per game versus the 77 points they're scoring. So that's like a 10 plus point gap every, uh, every game around. Uh, but, but the thing that, you know, makes this question, Michigan, they got a bad loss to Illinois, pretty bad loss to Illinois. And, and I don't know, has that changed your mind about this Michigan team? Like, do you, do you, do you see them as the set as the second best team? Um, maybe not obviously like when you talk about contender with Gonzaga, you want to talk about matchup as much as you want to talk about record, but, but in terms of like, if Gonzaga's number one, is Michigan your number two? Um, no, no. And I think, you know, we're going this top, you know, we're going down the line as the, 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 the AP rankings and we were going about what the tournament was right now. This would have already been switched because of Michigan's loss to Illinois and Baylor's win against West Virginia. So I think, you know, tournament-wise, Baylor's back to being number two. Um, because Michigan's in the Big Ten, a, a loss, if Baylor suffers another loss and, and Michigan can win out and, and win the Big Ten, they might get that number two overall seed uh, instead. I don't think it's Baylor's done and, uh, done and through with quite yet. But, no, I mean, I, Michigan's a great team, and they – you know, I wasn't a massive believer in them early on in the season, more so just because I, I didn't think they'd really been tested yet in the Big Ten, and they have now. Um, you know, it was more so – I'm not – I didn't think they were bad. It's more so – more as I was just, you know, have reserving right, reserving my uh, my judgment on until I really thought they saw the, the top half of the Big Ten. They've done that. They've proven it. I don't think the Illinois loss is – when you win that many games, it, especially at this, at this age, as, as, you know, college athletes – eventually you're just going to kind of have, have a night where like when the Hawkeyes were playing them, honestly, part of my perspective was, cause I, I think they're a horrible matchup for us. Um, and then they're a great team. But part of my thinking was, man, I hope this is just Michigan's night where they finally have a bad game. Cause you just win that many games in a row and uh, eventually it, it kind of stops. And I think that was more what happened against Illinois and, and an Illinois team that was zoned in because I would assume it wasn't there. Right. I mean, that's true. I, my my thing is, though, I, my question for Michigan has always been, you know, what happens when they play a good defense? Because their offense is, is, is balanced, but they're not 
potent. You know, like 77 points a game is not anything to write home about. You know, their defense is great. You know, can they keep that 10-point gap when it comes to a good defense? And in the Big Ten, we've had some teams that are supposed to have good defenses, but a lot of the teams that are supposed to have good defenses have had have not been good. And so uh, Illinois came in, played really good defense, and and what happened? Michigan couldn't find a bucket. And I just don't think that that's going to bode well if they get a bad matchup. I, that's what I think. I think Michigan is great. I think they're very matchup. They're very uh, they're ma- very matchup favorable. So if they have a good matchup, they can always win. But as soon as they have a bad one, I don't think that they can overcome it. Um, and so I, I, I who see do you Michigan think would be a bad matchup for them? West Virginia. Okay. Yeah, West Virginia, for example. Like, I'm not saying that they can't outscore West Virginia, but I just don't. I like I, watching West Virginia play Baylor the other the other day, even though they lost. I thought Michigan can't get past that team the way that they just played against Illinois. And like, I, I just, I just think that what about, there's what about the way they played against Iowa. Yeah, I was. I mean, I, I mean, was even pretty sucks. I was I'm even saying though, that's a pretty harsh. That's a pretty harsh judgment for like probably their worst game of the year on a game in a year where they're 18 and two. Like I, that, that's pretty tough to be like, let me look I, at your, at your worst, you know? Right. But I am being harsh for, because they're at the number two in, in the AP poll. I, I wouldn't be hard. If they were at the number 10, I would be like, yeah, good, great team could ups could really upset, but they're at the number two. And for me, I, I just, that game showed me a couple weaknesses where I don't think that they're necessarily number two. And again, we talked about Baylor would be the number two right now. Uh, had that poll happened, you know, had there been a reshuffling. Uh, and I think that's correct. Um, so, yeah, I just think that that matchups could do them in uh, more than a matchup would do in Gonzaga and more than a matchup would do in Baylor. So out of those top three teams, I think Michigan is going to want to find favorable matchups the most out of those three teams. I think Baylor can overcome it. I think Gonzaga can overcome it. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of think Michigan can too. I think Michigan's got got it on all three levels. Like I said, I think that was – uh, I, I think that was just Michigan's worst. Like eventually you just have a bad day, uh, but they really do have I mean, down low with Dickinson uh, with the wings led by livers. I think like Michigan at times, like wanting to loving to becoming a jump shooting team could hurt them. Um, like if, if Wagner and livers and, and they just don't get the ball to Dickinson enough. Uh, I, I think that could hurt, hurt them just because like, the thing with college basketball is that they are college kids. They're going to miss jump shots. Like it, people don't like the NBA because the guys are too good. They, they, if they're open, they're going to make it. That doesn't happen all the time in college basketball. You can have 20 open threes and these guys will go three for 20 some nights. So if they remember, you know, to attack the hoop, I think they, I, I love that. I'll talk more about their point guard a little bit later, but I've, I've become a big Michigan believer. There you go. I, I, all but right. I, but I do think Baylor should be too. I mean, I, this isn't my like, defense for Michigan but I think you know yeah yeah I, I Matt Matt is very faithful to that like he never trusts teams before they're challenged and then once once teams are doing well he gives them an off you know like I, I he's very you're very good about that I I, I respect the consistency because <laughs> I because I, I feel like I just feel like going over right now too because I was like <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm not sure you're good like right i i still don't know if it was good i like i don't think they're bad i'm just like i think you they're gonna be a surprise like no matter what they do in the tournament i'm gonna be surprised probably because they're either probably gonna you know 
stroll off three to four wins or lose in the first round. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about Villanova a little later. They're definitely on this list to talk about. Uh, let's go to the number three, which would be number two. It's Baylor. You know, they they were the team that was up there, the undefeated team. They obviously uh, had their only loss of the season, which was a shocker. And then they rebounded from that loss with a tough win against West Virginia in overtime. I mean, they're averaging 86 points per game, only 65 points allowed per game. Jared Butler is a star. They also have Macy Oteague, Davion Mitchell. Another well-balanced offense is what I'll say. Uh, you know, Baylor back at the number two, you know, and, and they and they win the they 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 win the Big Twelve. Uh, I, you know, I it, it it's been a good season for Baylor. And and do you think that they can cap it off? Yeah, no, I mean, I I think, and um, especially this last these last couple of weeks, and I've been victim of this too. You kind of, or at least I was comparing Baylor and Michigan. It's like, oh man, Michigan seems to be coming off this layoff a lot, lot better. You come to learn, which we didn't really find out. At least I didn't know at first that you know a lot of the Baylor, or not a lot, but several, uh, at least of the Baylor players actually had um, positive tests. Michigan was more off because of. I think they were just like, hey, we're going to shut it down so nobody gets any tests. It was more preventative while Baylor's, there actually were some positive tests. So probably the reason Baylor didn't, you know, hit the ground running like Michigan did is because these guys are recovering from from something that so many athletes have said, uh, it, you know, just messes you up respiratorily. Um, but, yeah, it, it's Baylor's – they're just good. I mean, every time I watch Baylor, I had I had a lot of questions coming in on them this year if they if they had that you know it factor to really win these close games and and to have somebody that can find the big play for them uh when they need it most and and they do and they and they almost have like several guys that can do it um so they're a team that that i think presents a lot of of difficulties offensively um and then they're gonna work hard on defense so it's uh it's crazy to think that that baylor is this good but they they really are because like last year i wasn't i'm still like they would have done great. I'm sure they would have gotten a one seed, but like I, I kind of thought they were not as good as the record might have indicated. I don't think that's the, the case this time. Right. I remember last year being like, this is a flash in a pan and they're going to disappoint in the, in the tournament. Uh, and now. They ended up not be... even winning the conference last year. And they were right. like, they, they were like 27 and one at one point. Right. Exactly. And now I, I would, I would be shocked if Baylor didn't make the elite eight at the very least. So uh, yeah, a good team. I'm excited to see them play. They're always fun to watch. Um, Jared you Butler know. is a G. Oh, Jared Butler's a G. Jared Butler's a G. Um, we talked about Jared Butler pre pre college. We we talked about him being the main driving force and what he could become. And man, did he become? Uh, so good for him. Good for Baylor. Excited to see what happens with that program. Now that March has arrived. Now we talk about Illinois, who was the four seed um, in the last uh, AP poll. Obviously, we just talked about it. They had that big, big win. Um, you know, without Io DeSumo, who's missed three to four games with a concussion, which seems just kind of crazy to me. Uh, you know, it, it, questions remain like, when is he going to come back? You know, and what can Illinois do without him? Like, obviously, they have this great win, but is that sustainable? Is that something we can expect? Should Io DeSumo miss more games like like I think the theory is that he won't but at the same time I didn't think he would miss this many games so I don't really know what is going on all all, 
altogether. So what do we think, Illinois, the fighting Illini? After that win, how, how much do you have faith in them, even without Ayodesumu? Well, I mean, I was impressed with them going into to, to Wisconsin and getting a, a W. I mean, that's the Cole Center is not an easy place to, to play no matter what. I know Wisconsin hasn't been quite as good as we all kind of thought they might be this year, but you lose your best player, you go into Wisconsin, and, and they, they got the W there without Desumu, Um, and then followed up with an even bigger win. And, and you know, they, they dominated Michigan. And like I said, I think some of that was Michigan kind of just having a bad game. Um, but I think there's something to be said too for when you lose a guy like that, everybody kind of collectively has to be like, Hey, all right, I, I got to step up tonight. I got to, I, and everybody kind of maybe works a little bit harder. Um, I, I think in the long run, you want Io to soon move there, but you gotta be impressed. I mean, if they can get wins like this without him, it's, uh, that's, that's a, a dangerous notion for, for Illinois. If, playing, you know, probably their best basketball at the right time. So do you think Illinois is the second best team in the, in, in the big 10? Would you say that? I think you have to right now with the, with the wins they've gotten. I, I mean, you know, it's yeah, I think you do. Okay. Well, there you have it. And uh, it'll be interesting to see when I assume it. We hope, we hope he's back as soon as possible. We want to see the best players in this big 10 tournament. We want to see the best players in the conference. Uh, and we want to see the best players in March Madness. So the fighting Illini at the number four, and with that, you think here yeah, this is this is just a, a dumb radio talk show notion. But I was like, do you think because he was kind of? I mean, I think Luka Garza's got Player of the Year wrapped up, Big Ten, National, all that. But Desuma was kind of heating up, couple triple doubles, playing like I said, probably some of his best basketball, Illinois' best basketball at the best time of the year, where the Player of the Year conversation could start to be maybe entertained a little bit more. Do you think having the team go in into Wisconsin and into Michigan, that kind of, whether fair or not, kind of hurts his player of the year argument, does it not? Like, that's Absolutely. probably the best the best win of the year for them, and you weren't there. Like, I... Yeah, I mean, and while, and, and you also put that coincidentally as he wasn't there, Luca Garza was playing great basketball, you know, so at the same time, it's like, you know, he was playing... Once he, he, left, pl- once he left Ann Arbor. Once he, once he got, once he got Woo. out of Michigan, <laughs> we won't talk about that, Luca. We love Locker you. We won't, we won't bring up that. We all, we all bad nights. We all bad nights. We all bad nights. Can't be. No one's perfect. Nobody's, no one's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, you certainly followed it that up night. No, tremendously. I mean, I just think it would have been so hard, even if Iodesumu, Iodesumu would have had a got had back to back triple doubles against Wisconsin and Michigan, in order to to be in the conversation. I just think this award has been Luca Garza's from the start. And I think it would have been really, really hard for Io Sumo to make it like a real competition. Like granted, like would it have been like a conversation? Like fine, you know, maybe, but for me, it was like the Aaron Rodgers NFL MVP. Like were there other players that could have won it? Sure. But they would have had to do ridiculous things at the end of the season to take it away from Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, I, th- I think it was Luca's. Well, and, and as we kind of learned last year, it it really is about the narrative, like yeah. it, like Luca didn't get his his kind of player of the year narrative going uh, early enough, like nationwide last year, um, and then of course you know all, all the all the cancellations certainly hurt hurt him as well because that would have put him on the national forefront. But he has just carried that that narrative for so long now, where like it 
you're just not going to change people's minds. Like you said, whether, whether I assume should be in the conversation or, or what have you, like Luke has got it wrapped up. Right. Exactly. It would have been crazy to not give it to Luca Garza after all of this talk about giving it to Luca Garza. That would be ridiculous. Uh, and I, and I just think it, it's been locked up. Well, we already talked about Luca Garza. So let's move to number five, my friend. It is the Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh, so many times this season, I did not think they would end up this high. I was like, top 10, please. Number five, that's pretty That's pretty good. Uh, and, you know, what else is there to say about the Iowa Hawkeyes, led by Luca Garza, who's averaging about 25 points per game, about eight and a half rebounds per game. They got Joe Wieskamp, who's been really uh, good points-wise as well. You know, Jordan Bohannon. You know, we love to hate him, but he he's he's getting good stats. He's he's there. He's leading the team in assists. I was saying uh, this to my dad the other day. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I I will always probably complain about J Bo, but he's gonna lead this this school as one of the most decorated Hawkeyes of all time. And like there's no there's no arguing what he's contributed to the the uh the program. But uh he's still a headache. Right. I mean here's Thank the thing. You, Jabo, if you're listening to this, I have one. I you're right. Me and Matt probably can't can't be swayed to like love you. But I will say this: all is forgiven if in a tight conference game or in a tight. No, I'm not even going to say conference because I don't care. If in a tight March Madness game you hit a dagger three to win it, I give it to you. I will. I I will forgive you for past mistakes. I really, really will. That's all you got to do for me. Hit a dagger three in the Sweet 16 game. I'm yours. I got you. Oh, yeah. I got you. <laughs> Absolutely. This is honestly like this is where uh, where legacies are are written for for players. Like you you remember those great college players here and there, but like what people do in March, it really like those are the ones that are just seared into your mind because of just how it's just on the grandest of stages. Right. I mean, Kemba Walker's, who knows what he did in regular season, but we know what he did in March. We know what he did in March. Greatest so. run ever. Right. And uh, I I mean, okay, so let's talk. I, I know it's, for me, I like getting, I'm sweating just wanting to talk about it because I'm like, I don't want to talk about it because I'm going to, I'm just, I don't, <laughs> I'm so stressed about it. Uh, but the Iowa Hawkeyes, number five in the nation, so many ups and downs on the up right now. You know, we lose, uh, obviously, Nunji to another terrible uh, injury. Uh, you know, definitely thoughts with him. That really sucks, you know, with the back-to-back. And uh, But, but you know, we're playing good basketball. We seem to have, like, turned a little bit of a corner. I, I Again, I hesitate to say that because I, I don't want to see us fall off that corner immediately after like we have sometimes. Uh, but we got Luca Garza. Joe Wieskamp has truly settled in that number two. Jabo right now is is finding some consistency, and all the other players seem to have their their roles on the team. What what can the Iowa Hawkeyes do in this tournament? What can they do? I mean, if they play really like they have for the most part over these last few weeks, certainly you could look at the worst against Michigan, the best probably against Ohio State. Um, and, and at that, you know, close to, to, to peak, it's, I think this is definitely a, an Elite Eight possible Final Four team because it, it really is all defense. The, the offense, there, there's some stuff that's been going better. I think, you know, I think J-Bo is taking smarter shots. He's not taking as many force threes. Wies Camp's kind of starting to assert himself more. We've gotten CJ back, which like, you know, in that, that tough stretch, we really did see how much he, he brings 
value to to the team offensively, defensively, whether he's scoring or not, just kind of his his basketball IQ um, and and the threat he poses really does help the team. But you know, it's been it's been defense. Like w- when we lost to Ohio State, they won eighty nine to eighty five. We beat them this weekend, seventy three to fifty seven. That, that's a forty two point swing in points. Like that that's absurd. That's that's a half. Like that's a pretty high scoring half. And and so I mean, there, there's really there's no magic kind of formula besides we've stopped playing zone and and guys are are I think working harder, but also just in better position to work hard. Like the, the zone just wasn't it, it wasn't on those guys for not doing it right. It was just not the right strategy. Um, and the defense has been the name of the game. And um, I think you know I, per, certainly in a really good spot to get a two seed, one seed in play. Um, uh, but I think probably have to win out, which they could. I mean, not not unthinkable. Right. I mean, you certainly hope so. I, I want to see them in the Elite Eight. I'd love to see them in the Final Four. Oh boy, you're not hearing from us. I mean, I mean, not gonna hear us. You're gonna hear so much from us if they make the final four. My goodness, we're, I'm just, I, we're gonna have a whole episode. We're gonna have a whole I episode. I don't know what I'll do. When I, <laughs> when I went to the final four, it was it was Michigan State, Texas Tech, um, Virginia, and Auburn, and it was so awesome. Like Virginia, I think had been there, but it had been a long, long time. And then Auburn and and uh, Texas Tech. It was their first Final Four, and and I just remember like a look on the fans' faces and being like thinking of myself as a fan of being like, if the Hawkeyes, but like they, they never would have ever thought they would be at the Final Four, and it was so cool to be like, man, good for you guys! Like, enjoy the hell out of this that your team is here. Right? Oh, we can dream. We can dream. Oh man, I I certainly hope so. Um, I will. I don't I need to will. be there. I don't need to be there. No, absolutely I'll not. Go, I'll never go to Indiana again. I don't. Oh. <laughs> I have family there. I I want to. I want to visit them. So. Yeah. Oh, there you one go. Visit. One visit. One visit only. All right. Well, let's move on. Hawkeyes. We have a lot of hope for you. We'll be rooting for you. Uh, next week, we'll definitely talk about uh, how how everything shook out on the weekend. But for now, let's move on to the number six, West Virginia. One of my favorite teams. Uh, in the country year in and year out really. And, and this year is definitely no different. Uh, you know, they got it again. I'll say it again. Like it's the teams with balanced offenses that are the ones doing so well. They got McBride, they got Culver, they got Sherman McNeil. They, 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 they have three, you know, double digit uh, per game scores. Uh, just a really good defense as well. You saw what they've done this season. You saw them take Baylor uh, to the brink. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised seeing the Mountaineers in the final four. How about you? They, they're a tough one for me. Um, I, I think they're a really, really good team. And um, I, I think, I mean, Bob Huggins is always going to have a tough squad. This this team is probably a more offensively minded team than, than we've seen out of Bob Huggins and the Mountaineers. But they still have a defensive presence just because that's how Bob Huggins' uh, teams are, are, are coached. But, yeah, I mean, Deuce McBride, a terrific guard. I just, in every – really they've got a lot of good wins but it seems like every real real big like test I, I probably could have said this about the Hawkeyes until Sunday every time it's like all right here's your test to really really prove it like you've, you've done it against a lot of good teams you've, you've beaten quality opponents you're obviously a quality team yourself but are you truly elite and I, I think West Virginia has always come up just short in in, in those games um, that might not be totally fair for me to say but but I just I'm not sure they can 
they can really get it done when it matters most. But it is a really fun team to watch, and I, and I, I love I love their energy. I love their their offensive pace for sure. Yeah, and I I you know as much as I I see what you're saying, voting I again it's kind of one of those things you don't go against the Bob Huggins team for the most part in March. You always expect them to go far. They're gonna I, be gritty. I, True. They're gonna be they're gonna be a hard out no matter who they play, and I I could see them going farther than uh, maybe we expect which is i mean they're the six seeds so it's not like they're going they they should be in the elite eight in in that uh, regards of things so um but yeah we'll see what happens there uh after them we have ranked an ohio state team that i mean when they beat us beginning of february they were on top of the world and then they have fallen off since then i mean they lost to michigan lost to michigan state played us again and got trampled granted we played well you know that's fine but you know those three straight losses uh going into march they're getting cold at the wrong time uh you know still at the number seven what, what do you think about the buckeyes yeah how much faith do you have in them obviously obviously they have dwayne washington and they have ej Liddell, so they got some good scores uh and they have good defensive presence but what do you what do you expect out of ohio state you know, I'm not I'm not a believer in them and I wasn't a believer in them when they beat us. When when they beat us, I thought it was more what we did. We we gave them they're a team that that can't really get like they just don't seem to have like enough real consistent like explosive offense. Um against us they torched us on the three, but it was kind of cuz we gave them a lot of shots and then they got confidence. In the second uh, contest, we defended the three a lot better and they never really got going. And, and so, you know, that kind of inability, that, that streakiness from three. And I love Liddell. I, like, I think he is one of the most, just like, he's like the most classic power forward we've seen in a while. Um, and, and his skill set and how he plays, he gets to his spots and, and, and makes it look so easy. But he's not very explosive, you know? Like, he, he's, he's not really a guy that's going to rattle off a bunch of points. So I, I think Ohio State's a, a team that's primed to be upset. Um, and because I just think they're, I, I think they're too streaky offensively. Right. I agree. I, and I, and I'll say that again, like they, we played terribly that game. I didn't think we played great against Ohio state. And what did they beat us by four? <laughs> like yeah, barely 89, 85. So like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't defend the three point line. <laughs> like it would, it was horrible. Yeah. Uh, so, and I, and I think especially in that rematch game against us, like, Losing to Michigan State was a bad loss, you know, but but in that rematch game to lose by, I mean, almost doubled like 20 points, uh, it, it was a bad look for them. And like I said, you can't get cold going into March because it's really hard to pick it back up. Um, but, you know, they are still they are still ranked at the seven. So we shall see uh, what happens at the eight. We have the SEC champions, Alabama. You know, Alabama, they got uh, that little I don't forget what his first name is, but Shackelford is their is their main uh, strike man, uh, from what I remember. Uh, yeah. And they, they held off Mississippi state a couple, uh, games ago, Jaden, Jaden, Jaden Shackelford. There you go. I won't, I won't forget that now, Jaden. Uh, and they, uh, beat Mississippi state to win that sec conference and sec conference that is okay. You know, I, I don't, I don't give it as much credence as I think some other people do. Um, they have Arkansas state, whatever, you know, like, I yeah. I don't know. I love that I even know. like a weird year for the SEC, there's still only like two teams and they're both like really good. Like that's just like, oh, normally it's like Kentucky and Florida, but that seems to always be in the, in the SEC where like, there's only two, two, two teams that are really any good, but they're both like pretty good. And then there's right. like three, like mediocre, probably NCAA teams. And then the rest are just garbage. Garbage, garbage. I remember that I was like, oh, 
LSU with your top scorer. No, they didn't do anything. Anyway, uh, Alabama, they still got a game against Georgia to go. Uh, you know, they, they, they're pretty decent defensively. They got the 70. I think they're averaging like 70 points against and like 80 points for. So they're explosive offensively and they're not, they don't let too much damage in defensively. I just, I, I just, I just don't see Alabama getting it done in a tough situation. I think they're a great team. Uh, I just think that their offense is nothing that I think scoring 80 points a game, like averaging 80 points a game, Matt is like a great thing to do. But at the same time, I don't see them scoring more than 80 points a game. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I just don't, if they needed to outscore a team, I don't think they could. And I think if they needed to defend a team, I don't think they could. I think they're good at everything, but not great at anything. Their, their offensive system is just so unreliable, you know? Um, it, it's one that like, I mean, they can put up points and, and differently than Ohio state, like Alabama's the kind of team that I think, you know, can put up points in a hurry and, and, and like they could be down eight and then rip off 15, which those are the kind of runs you have to make in the NCAA tournament. Uh, especially, you know, early rounds, if you're, you know, struggling against a, a, a lesser opponent, you rip off kind of a run like that. You take all the momentum, but it, like over 40 minutes, I don't have a lot of faith in them offensively. It's it's not a conference that's all that impressive. We saw Arkansas kind of. I mean, if you're talking to SEC teams, I, I think Arkansas right now is the team that looks the most dangerous going into the tournament. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's another team with Ohio State that that I think looks poised to to lose early and, and and get knocked out maybe before their seed would would say they should. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm I'm so glad you said that because for me, whenever the brackets come out it would have to be such a terrible team and like a terrible team that lost their best player for me to not have Alabama going out in the second round. I just see that if that's the upset that's going to happen. It just, yeah, is. there's going to be some set, like they're probably going to get a two seed, but I mean, they'll probably get a two seed. They, they might still go to the three. If they go to th- three. They're going to be in real danger, but even as a two, like they're going to get a seven seed. That's just like tough, smart. I mean, that's, and that's just the tournament. Like it, ah, uh, I can't wait. Now I'm just no, thinking about. Me. Now I'm just thinking about like filling out brackets and being like, "Oh, I can't wait to get a, pick an upset." And like, "Oh, it's yeah." The best. I have two off days a week uh, with my new job, and Matt, I want to spend one with you watching basketball. I want you to know that one of those days, I'm 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 coming over. We're watching basketball. That's what I'm doing. That's what we're doing. I think I can fit that in my schedule. I will. I'll talk to my secretary. We'll we'll figure something out. But uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh gosh. Yes, and his secretary. They're the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper. Um, no, but uh, it's definitely his name's Gerald. His name's Gerald. Boy, that dude. He he's he's on top of it always. I'm like, yo, can I talk to Matt? And he's like, I don't know. Can you? And I'm like, damn. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's he really, uh, really likes that joke. <laughs> he's actually sure. a huge pain in the ass. But <laughs> there you go, Gerald, the pain in the ass. All right, his moving mom on. Plays Bikino with my mom. Yeah, moving on. Houston, Houston, Houston. Here's the thing with Houston. Let me tell you, I'm so glad you made that face. I don't even want to talk about Houston. They're the nine seed. Grant, I- I'm going to give one shout out. I'm going to give one. I'm going to abs- I'll give you one. Quentin Grimes having a great scoring year. So Quentin Grimes, good for you. 18 points per game. You're the only good thing coming out of Houston. Now let me get to this. Houston, you are 20 and three in a terrible conference. Let me name you the last opponents for Houston. USF twice, Cincinnati, Western Kentucky, and Wichita State. You know how many wins they should have to be in the top 10? Five. You know how many they have? Four. 
And you know what? I know that they're they have the average points per game against is like 55 or something crazy like that. But there's a reason that Houston is always like undefeated and they're not very high. This is the reason. And you still lose in your conference. You lost to East Carolina. Like, why are you here? I don't understand. Yeah, I like I here's the thing. I I'm okay with Houston being ranked here because like whatever, you got a good record. You've been a good program for a few years. But I like their seeding would be like the top three seed. And I don't think they're anything four or five. Like if they're a three or whatever, I'm dude, you're gonna be I'm I'm kicking you out so early. I just don't think and the AAC can be a good conference, but it's not this year. It yeah. it just isn't. So I, I get why they're ranked here, and I'm kind of, like, okay with it because, like, whatever, Houston, Kelvin Sampson, you guys have a nice little program there. You've had a, a good year. But, like, I don't think anybody looks at this this top ten and and really thinks Houston can hang with a lot of these teams. I Like, I, is there – and I, and I'm, I'm a supporter of, you know, the mid-major and, and the, the lesser. I And when the credit's due, I, I certainly give it. I just don't think Houston is is that. Yeah, I just I didn't even write. I barely wrote anything down for you. I went wrote the Quentin Grimes thing, and then I wrote everything else is irrelevant. So I, I think I Drake, just, like I think Drake and and Colorado State and Loyola Chicago, like I think they're closer to Houston than Houston is to these other top ten teams. Right. Exactly. Like if we got Houston in like. On a round of sixteen game, I would love that. I would love that. I would absolutely. I would adore that to get Houston in a in a in a, a late they were, game. They were like a three seed. I mean, they're probably gonna get. They're probably gonna get a three seed. They really are. May and maybe it and maybe a two. I... All right. Well, that makes me upset. They don't deserve it. Whatever. We'll talk about sleepers that deserve it more in a sec. But. Let's move on, and I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. It's Villanova at the t- at the ten. <laughs> They shouldn't even. They shouldn't even be ten. They're. I mean, they got their. They got their ranked win yesterday against Creighton, but they just like. They're just not that good this year. But I think they're. I'm fine with the ranking. Like, go ahead and give them a three. They're going to win the Big East, but the Big East is so so weak this year. Their non-conference schedule. It, you know, I think they. They lost to Virginia Tech, and and Virginia Tech doesn't look quite as good as we thought they might have been. Arizona State's not a really impressive win anymore. Texas is, you know, they're struggling themselves. So I, I just don't think it, it, it's a Villanova team that that doesn't spark. A lot of times they'll be, you know, a two or a three, and you'll be like, yo, this team could could really make a deep run because of the style of play and and the, the kind of coach they have. And, and this is a, a Villanova team that does have experience, but it just it doesn't feel like that to me. Like, I, I don't think Villanova is going to be making any noise in the tournament. Yeah, I agree. Like you always, you always think it's kind of like, it's kind of like a West Virginia team. You know, you always think even if they look a little off the tournaments where they shine, but I just, I don't think so this year, you know, Robinson Earl has been great. Don't get me wrong. I just, you know, I, yeah, I just don't have any faith in them. And the Big East is so weak. Again, they should, they should be crushing. And I know they got their win against Creighton, but Creighton hasn't been good either. So like, no, why? Yeah. So I, why why should why should that make me feel anything? Um, not really, a great uh, indicator. Right. If it was like the big how they do against that, how they do against Marquette? <laughs> oh, let me check. 
I'm gonna check right now. If they, if they sweat you. Marquette, then we might have to, you know, we might have to go completely Hold. back on on everything there we've said. Go. And I actually don't even know how many teams, you know, that the Big East is, is looking to be to get yeah, in mean, the in the tournament. Right. I mean, I I don't know how many teams they'll get in. I obviously I, Creighton and can you Nova. name me another team that you would put in? I mean, like I, not Georgetown, is not, UK, not is Butler. UK? UConn, UConn, Seton Hall may might be on the uh, on, on the, the bubble. bubble. I never, yeah. I'd put UConn or Seton Hall in. Yeah, I'm gonna say one of those teams will get in. I think one of those teams probably will get UConn, in. Uh, right? Yeah, UConn's been doing well. I mean, uh, they did sweep Marquette in in astounding fashion. So uh, Nova did. Nova did. So there you go. I I take back everything I said. They're going to the Final Four, yeah. baby. They're going to the yeah. Final Four, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, my to the Mar, during the Marquette North Carolina game, I was just like, "Oh my god, I love this so much." Marquette just coming to the most random non-conference game of all time. That North Carolina, you did you did not need that on your on your schedule right there. I don't think I don't think Joey Brackets has has Connecticut in. I don't think. Dang. There you go. Who he's That's not? They're great. not even. Seton Hall is first four out. He, okay. Seton Hall's, Seton Hall's the 69th team uh, for Joey for Joey Brackets. I mean, really? No, no Connecticut. Maybe I'm no Connecticut's there. Connecticut's a ninth seed. Pardon me. Oh, okay. Can I, I was going to say that's kind of crazy, but yeah, I uh, I uh, I'm just happy. I want to say for everybody who's been following my Marquette uh, saga, Marquette is currently 12 and 13. If they win against Xavier, they will finish the season at 500. And at, at the beginning of this, I said, as long as they finish at 500, I'm a believer. So I, uh, uh, that's my <laughs> my uh, my uh, hopes and dreams may indeed come true. Uh, and and they just, like I said, took out UNC. So what else could you want to take out UNC? Honestly, that's all you need. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting top ten for sure. A lot of teams. That you don't know what they're what to expect of them. Iowa, Illinois, Villanova, Houston, uh, you know, a lot of teams, West Virginia, and then some teams that you're like, will anyone beat them? Baylor and Michigan and 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 uh Gonzaga, obviously. Uh, but let's talk about outside the top ten, Matthew. Who are some sleeper teams you see outside of the top ten that could, you know, make that run? You know, I love my Florida State team. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy they're making a run to that that ACC title. But they don't seem like quite a sleeper. I'll go with a team who who's probably going to lose to Baylor here tonight, but they're giving them a, a pretty good game. Okie State. Um, you know, it, we're always looking for a team that we already mentioned it, you know, the, the kind of Kimba factor, the one player that can almost single-handedly just lead your team to an Addy title. Uh, Cade Cunningham is is that guy. He's that kind of player. He and the Cowboys heating up at the right time. He looks more confident and more comfortable uh, than ever. Um, he just had a you know forty point game the other day against Oklahoma, and then followed up and beat Oklahoma again. Uh, Okie State also wasn't supposed to. I, I thought they were under like self sanctions and 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 banned themselves from postseason play. I guess it was an NCAA ruling, so they've appealed that, which means they. Right now, because it, it probably isn't going to get um, all sorted out before the tournament, they're they're in the tournament field. So, Okie State's one, and then I think Purdue. You know, Matt Painter, high on my on my list of, of most in, underappreciated coaches 
in college basketball. Not much expected of the Boilermakers this year, but lined up to finish fourth in the Big Ten right now. And his teams just always play fearlessly. They play together. They, they know their style. And that makes for a, a dangerous combination because they're not a team that's, that's going to really get um, shaken by anything, which nerves are a big, a big, big deal in March. Right. I agree. And uh, on my sleepers, I have one of those team Okie State as well after hearing that news. I'm glad you brought that up because that's so funny because everyone's like, oh, we don't have to play Cade Cunningham. You might. You yep. might. <laughs> um, and that's scary for anybody. Well, I remember ever. too, like everyone being like another number one pick. We're not going to see in the NCAA tournament because Holmes didn't, you know, Simmons didn't and all that. And uh, so I'm I'm happy. I think I think it's good. Right. I agree. I You want to see that best player play in the tournament. That's what you want. Um, I got I, I got the Oklahoma teams and the Texas teams. I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, both have great, great chances of making a run. I think Oklahoma had that run in the middle of February where they beat like three top five teams or top 10 teams in a row. Uh, I think they got the grit to really get it done. They fell off a little bit, but I, I, I definitely think they got the the team, uh, the team chemistry to, to make anybody's uh, day hectic. Uh, you mentioned Oklahoma State. I, I need not say anything more than Cade Cunningham, really. Uh, when you have a player like that, you can really go into it. Um, and then the Texas teams. I, I know Texas has kind of fallen off because we thought, are they a challenger for Baylor? They obviously aren't. But I, I, I think the Longhorns, you know, I, I think they're coached really well. And I think that 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 means a lot coming into March. And I think that they can make some um, – noise and then texas tech kind of reminds me of oklahoma another gritty team and i love mac mcclung so much i i love that dude so i i think that he could be a tournament favorite uh if he if he gets hot uh in the tourney so those are my teams the oklahomas and the texases yeah all great i mean all great teams all have, have players that can make those big time plays in march all are, are really coached some by you know some of the best coaches in, in the game um, and they've all been tested, you know. The Big Twelve has been a gauntlet in itself, as as easy as Baylor's made it look. That that the the middle section of the Big Twelve is is brutal. I mean, you got those four. You got West Virginia, Baylor, um, Kansas, like that. Poof. So teams teams that will you know have have seen stiff competition, which I think always helps you in March. Right. And you know what I also like? I, I, I want to give a shout out to Kansas, too, because we all know Kansas ha- had some bad losses and some historic losses at home and people were beating on Kansas. But they've looked good, uh, you know, as of late. They, they you know, they lost to Texas. Fine. But they beat Texas Tech and they beat Baylor. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, they could be another team that we thought was going to be good, fell off. But maybe they do something. Maybe it's the Jayhawks. Oh, they are currently down 15 with 16 minutes to go against UTEP. Oh, no. oh so, no. Because I was thinking this, it was like, all right, Jayhawks have kind of figured it out. I mean, you know, Bill Self's one of the best coaches in, in college basketball. I just, I just don't think this roster has it. I mean, they're going to be dangerous because Bill Self and they do have some talent, but as this game shows like that, that inconsistency, yeah. Oof. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's going to be, right? It's kind of like Houston. They'll either make a run or they'll go out first round. You know, I, I think it's going to kind of be like that. And Baylor, you know, Baylor's showing against Iowa State and and uh, West Virginia. Not that West Virginia didn't play well, but like the Kansas win over Baylor. It, it wasn't really full strength Baylor. Um, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I just think a lot of teams are on the out and – 
I mean, it's going to be a crazy tournament without, I mean, UNC, Duke, and Kentucky are all not in, right? I think so. I, you know, That's crazy. That's Car- crazy. Carolina, Carolina might might be in right now. Um, but I think Duke's out. Kentucky certainly is out. Um, I would assume Indiana right now is out. Which, like, Indiana, we're all grouping Indiana with them because they've, like, you know, historically been well. But, like, current, like, over the last couple of decades, Indiana hasn't been, you know, quite with those. It, it's, mu- it's much bigger just hearing Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina. I think Michigan State's probably in now, too. Right. Um, so, yeah, right now, Joey Brackett's actually has Mr. Joe Lenardi has North Carolina as a 10 seed, Duke as the fourth team out. Um, oh, okay. Also, my, my friend Brad Shaleen once was like, he kind of did what Joe Lenardi did. He was like, I'm just going to project the teams. And he realized it's not really that hard. And it really isn't. There's like, you know, the, the automatic bids and there's like the certain amount of teams where you're like, yeah, you're going to get in. Like you're really only picking a few teams because it's not like he gets the seeding right a lot of times. Mm-hmm. He just gets the teams that make it. So I think we should start. We'll call out to Brad and we'll see if we want to have a beat Joey Brackets segment. I love that. I love that. I'm down. Let's do it. Um, yeah, but it's going to be an exciting March Madness. Uh, to end off our little March Madness segment, I have a question for Matt to answer uh, because he's definitely more of a of a hoops head than I am. Uh, give me your three most important players for the month of March. However, you interpret that. You want me, you want me to just reel them off? Reel them off. Give them to All me. All right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go from a homer perspective first. I'm gonna say Joe Wieskamp, Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, you know we know what Garza is gonna do. He's the man in Iowa City. Hell, he's the man in, in the entire nation. Ooh, that's a good sound. Um, but like, you also know what you're gonna get from Garza. He, he like he he's consistent. Uh, yeah, he's the best player, but like he he's not a question mark. Wieskamp, you're never really sure who's gonna show up. Recently, he's been playing some of his best ball. He's he's been aggressive, tagging the hoop a little bit more. If he keeps on asserting himself as the second best player, then the Hawks are going to have, you know, an even more dangerous offensive game. Uh, Mike Smith, Michigan. I already kind of mentioned him earlier. I said I was going to give him a little more love. The point guard, uh, you know, kind of the sort of point guard coaches dream of. Keeps the team level headed, keeps him on tempo, speeds it up when he needs to at times. His leadership, I think, has really elevated Michigan this year. Um, And he's a grad transfer, spent four years at Columbia. And his last year at Columbia, Averaged 22 points per game. He's only averaging eight points per game this year. Uh, but, but you know, he he he's a he can score. He can get him a bucket when when Michigan needs it. He finds guys that are open uh, and, and puts on a heck of defensive pressure. And then finally, Raekwon Gray, Florida State, uh, kind of a, a point forward, can drive, shoot, find the open man when he's creating at a high level. Florida State's performance improves drastically, um, and he's just a tough matchup because of his sky size and his skill set. Kind of uh, somewhat similar to a Draymond Green. I would say maybe a little quicker first step, but but a, a Draymond Green esque sort of a guy in uh, Raekwon Gray. Raekwon and Draymond, love it. I love those picks. Um, you you definitely peppered in uh, some teams that you're interested in seeing. I obviously Iowa and Florida State, um, and I think those are all great picks. And ah, man, I'm just so excited for this to get started. Let me tell you, we're this is the this is truly the calm before the storm. It's the conference before the storm. Let me tell you, and I, I'm nice. Excited. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see it all. 
Um, you know what? We haven't done this episode, and it's about damn time we do. It's damn time, Matthew. We go down to the beer garden. Oh, yeah. The beer garden, because that's what we do on this podcast. We drink and we talk sports. It is called Two Beers, Please. It is called Two Beers, Please, not Two Bozos. It's, it's heavily implied in the name that yes. drinking will be done. There you go. All right. For the first time since our comeback, what beer art thou drinking? I got uh, I got one of my classics. I got my Bel Air Sour from Brooklyn Brewery. I grabbed a six pack of this before like I even started to unpack. Like I got back to my apartment, brought my suitcase, and then I was like, I'm running a bodega. I need I need to get you know a six pack, and that's how much I miss this beer. So yes, Bel Air Bel Air Sour from Brooklyn Brewery is, is what I've got tonight. What are you sipping on? Oh, you know, for our episode, I had to go, our comeback episode, I had to go with a Guinness Extra Stout. That's what I went with. Yeah, out of the bottle. Delicious, delicious, delicious. Um, Just got so many good memories of Guinness over the years. And uh, I always just feel, you know what, in the theme of, of, of change, a wind of change, I feel like when I drink a Guinness, I'm becoming a new man. You know what I mean? I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but I, I do feel that way um guinness so. guinness makes you feel like how like like how a beer should make you feel like in you know like fantasy novels or whatever when they like drink talk about like drinking you know a thing of mead or whatever have you like it just sounds so fulfilling and just calming delicious all of it like that's guinness provides all of that right and it just at the bottom of the bottle it says saint james gate dublin and then Gosh darn it! I will drink a Guinness at St. James Gate, Dublin, uh, one day. I want to go on the on the Guinness tour so bad. Right, exactly. You will manifest that shit. You will go on that Guinness tour. You will. Uh, you will. I'm, I'm going to. There you go. Um, all right. Well, you know, let's get a little more. In, we we talked about memories associated. Obviously, Bellar Sour, uh, one of your favorite beers, and Guinness. We talked about the feelings it evokes. But we're gonna do something new. Give me a rating out of ten. Give me a give me a rating for your beer, because uh, we'll be trying new beers, and sometimes they're gonna suck. But give me give me a rating for your Bel Air Sour here out, out of ten. Yeah, well, t- uh, two for story wise, this is like this is my first like beer I fell in love with in in New York, and since you get beer from like bodegas or you know random grocery stores, you never know. I mean, they don't always have this when I'm picking up beer. Yeah, uh, but you never know what you know what you're going to to find when you go in. There's no consistency, so it's almost kind of hard to find like favorites. Um, and then there's so many local breweries and all that stuff, where even like restaurants a lot of times don't really have like the the Des Moines staples of like craft brew beer. Like all of them have like one at every restaurant, um, but there's it, there's just so much in in New York. So this beer, that's my story behind my beer. I, I'll go. Uh, how, What's the scale like? Ten out of ten out of five. Um, you know what? I'm gonna say. Let's say I'm gonna pick something random. Let's say out of twelve. Out of twelve. Out of twelve. Okay. Um. So I was gonna. I'll I'll go I'll go eleven beer cans or bottles out of twelve. Eleven beer cans out of twelve. I wow, that's a high rating to start off with. It only goes. Yeah, it's a good. Well, I mean, I said it's one of my favorites. There you go. Love it. Love to start the new the new era with a good beer. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I have a, I have a memory associated with Guinness. My, uh, my junior year of college, I spent at an internship in Chicago, but I stayed with this army vet 
uh, in Elmhurst uh, at his Airbnb for two months while I was doing it. Um, and this dude made me live like a soldier. I woke up 4.30 every morning, went to work out with him and and uh, did work around his house uh, and, play, you know, tra- help train his dog. Uh, and, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, after at the end of a good uh, night run, he would just crack open two Guinnesses for us. And we talk about life and like all the journeys he's been on as like this 55 year old ex army guy. And I, I just, you know, granted, he, he's it's not OK. So he's a, he's got some trouble spots in his life for sure. <laughs> like he, he uh, he's not the best guy all the time. Nobody's waking me up at 430. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It, I really appreciated just like a glimpse into another person's life. It really made me appreciate a lot about um, just humanity in general, like that this person who I never would have met shared his life with me, at least his lifestyle and stuff like that. It was really uh, a moment I'll never forget. And and drinking Guinness with him, I'll never I, I just I never felt like more of a man in that moment. Drinking Guinness with an ex-army vet. Oh, my God. I felt like a man in those moments. Yeah, that. I respect that. I mean, Guinness is the best beer in, in the world, so. Right, exactly. Exactly. All right, and 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 as for rating, ooh, as for rating, out of 12, I'm going to give it, I'm going to, you know what? I, I love Guinness, but I, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it nine beer cans out of 12. I'm going to give it nine out of 12. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. You know, like it's a great, satisfying beer. I've had better. Uh, you don't want to have 12, you know, as your every time, like it's, you know. Right. It's what I felt, guys. It's my rating. It's not yours. Get over it. If you just have filet mignon for every meal, it's not going to feel that special. Guinness, so, Guinness, Guinness is a perfect, you know, like just a good one that you can always enjoy. Right. And I can go up or down from here, really. So uh, I'm feeling good. All right. We have exited the beer garden. We are into the news segment of the podcast. We're talking about the biggest news. Um, around the league. And, you know, I didn't mean to do this, but it's all NFL. So we are heading to the National Football League to talk. And we got to start with where J.J. Watt landed. Not in Pittsburgh with his brothers. Not in Cleveland with a team that can win the AFC. Not in in, in Indianapolis. Uh, he landed in Arizona following DeAndre Hopkins, another Houston, uh, former Houston Texan, and ending up in uh, the Valley. What are your thoughts? Are we surprised? And and what do we ex- what can we expect from JJ Watt and the Cardinals next season? They missed out in the playoffs. Um, some people were surprised by that. Think that they'll make it next year. What do we think? Yeah, it was it it was a little surprising to me. I, I guess I think it kind of made me think that. Um, and, and this isn't really a, a knock on JJ Watt, but it, it you know maybe this was more unfair of of, of me and and us as the media where. You know, I don't think we're the media, but us and the media. We are the you know, media. <laughs> no, we are. I am the media now. Um, but that that media narrative of like, oh, JJ Watt's going to win uh, a title, um, and, and you know, victory lap or whatever. I mean, he is only thirty-one. He's still got some good years. Um, I think. What's this deal like? Two years, thirty million. Like he he's getting paid um, pretty pretty well. Um, so clearly, not him thinking. Oh, just get me to the best team. I don't really care what the contract is. This guy wants to earn a little bit of money still from it from his you know his work as a football player, which I respect. Um, you got no no qualms with that. And Arizona's not a bad team. I just don't think 
I don't think J.J. Watt was ever going to be the difference maker, really. It, it, he was maybe a missing piece or, or what have you, but like he, he's not going to take Arizona. And, and now, I mean, they're not the favorite in their division. I'd still take the Rams. Um, and, and they're probably somewhere with the Seahawks. And, and Niners are still kind of, I mean, that division's just tough. So uh, it, w- it was an interesting one to me. I, I was a little surprised. I thought he was going to go somewhere that was a little more competitive. Like I said, I think he's thinking more, let me still maximize my playing talent you know monetarily wise while still going to a good team it's not like he's getting like they probably should be in the playoffs this year right but what would you say because there's reports that the money that the browns and the Colts were offering him was more so why do you think he ended up in arizona then is it because because there's some reports that it's because he loves kyler murray do you think that that might have been a factor too that he wants to help a young quarterback win especially after not able to do that for deshaun yeah i I think for like for those guys, well, and I think he just knows too, like that kind of quarterback. Like he can't he can't look at the the Colts and be all that optimistic about what's happening there, and even the Browns, like it's. It, so I, I think I think there's probably some strategy wise there. I mean, look, he, he's. I'm not saying he's just signing for the money. He he didn't sign, you know, a, a massive massive deal with the Jaguars. Um, <laughs> but yeah, surprised. Definitely good for, good for Arizona, you know. Yeah, they, they'll be, they've they'll been be, making making good moves, right? And they had to compete. They had to do something with with LA signing Stafford and really becoming the favorites in that division. So uh, this might be a move that helps them. We'll see. Uh, I was going to talk about Russell Wilson and all of the drama with him in Seattle, but I don't think I will. I'm going to talk about the news that happened today. Big Ben. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. You're right. But so let's talk about actual news. Big Ben staying in Pittsburgh. You know, he cuts his salary. He is the quarterback in 2021, or is he? What do we think? Do we think Ben Roethlisberger is the starting quarterback week one? Do you think Pittsburgh does something else? Like no. how often? Ben Roethlisberger is the, the starting quarterback, um, and I and I, I I think he's I think he should be. He he obviously you know, and this is always going to hurt even more when you're a, a quarterback who's getting older in years and retirement's always right around the you know the corner, so to speak. Uh, that last game was so, so bad by him specifically. Like, it was just, here, Cleveland, here's another. Oh, you want another turnover? Here you go. Go ahead. So, I know he's not remembered right now in the best light. He's he's still a really, really good quarterback. And um, I, I think being able to, to rework this deal, they, they had to do that because he, he clearly wasn't the quarterback for what he's getting paid to be. He's not the big man of old. But – you know, what What sort of alternative could the Steelers go down to get someone that's even close to as good as Big Ben is? There's, there's no there's no avenue um, that's that's actually possible. So I think you've got to rock with Big Ben. Um, and, and you know, he's still he's still pretty serviceable. I, I like I don't think the Steelers are I'm not completely writing them out right now. I, I think they're still a contender in, in the AFC. I mean, hell, if their receivers had hands, they would have won that game. Yeah. You know, and uh, the receivers actually catch some balls. Bud Dupree stays healthy. Like, it's, you know, it's a team that in itself isn't overly, um, you know, aging, which uh, which helps. Right. And they got a great coach there as well. So uh, Big Ben staying in Pittsburgh will be the starting quarterback uh, for all intents and purposes. Dak Prescott, obviously coming off that big injury, went from kind of zero to hero. Not that he was a zero. He was playing really well. But like became the most valuable player, it seemed, because 
just of how bad the Cowboys were after he got injured. Um, you know, questions remain. Will he get paid? Will he be franchise tagged? I mean, what do you think? Is like, what is Dak Prescott's future with the Cowboys? I just don't, I don't see him staying there for like as long as maybe we think he will. I see him leaving, you know, I really do. And, and, uh, I honestly see it sooner rather than later. So, you know, does he get his money from Dallas? What do you think? Yeah, I don't, I mean, it's, this is a tough one, especially because this one has been so, it's been the most common. Honestly, Cowboys you know, have banged like, their players. My God. Drama. And it's been a weird sort of like way they've done it with like, it seems they kind of forgot what era of basketball we were in with, with the way they were paying, you know, oh, here, let's get Zeke and let's get, not that they're not valuable, but running backs just aren't what they were. And, and you know, Zeke did not finish that year all that well. Um, that's not the point of this of this segment. I, I think a deal is going to get done. I, I do. I, I don't know why I, I'm leaning towards that because there's really – there's really no indication that it would, but I, there's really no indication of any like happenings going on. I, I think eventually Dallas, Dallas knows they can't let him go. They, they know that. Um, they knew it before he got injured. They just wanted to try and have as much leverage as they could, and they lost all of it when you know he, he went down and and their season was was done. I should he go? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't think Dallas is all that far off. Um, from really being a competitor, especially with a guy like him. So I'm not sure where, and I'm sure there are spots, um, but I'm not sure where, where the other places um, would be that have that that sort of um, cap room and, and want to sign him. Um, obviously, there, there would be other destinations, but are they close to, to being as good as the Cowboys could be? Who knows? And, and you know, I... Like being being the quarterback of Dallas makes your wallet a lot richer than just the contract that you sign with your. I mean, like the the advertisement stuff he's gotten and all that. That that's because of the team he plays for. There's there's money in that. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of benefit gain from who you are the quarterback of. So, yeah, I I I think if he stays, it's because Dak Prescott loves the Cowboys more than he should. I really do think he loves Dallas. So I, I think that he'll stay. Um, I just think he shouldn't. I think maybe that's what it is. I think that just this whole organization is like one, it's one tile away from collapsing on itself, despite all the Thailand they have. I mean, just the last couple of years has been weird deal after weird you deal. Got, I mean, you can't, you can't have any faith in Jerry Jones. Right. Exactly. That's what it is. Exactly. So, it, and, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. And I just don't want to see Dak like swept up in it. He's a good quarterback. I, Dak, come to new England. My God, come to new England, please, please. Um, for God's sake, anyone come to new England. Um, but you know, I, I think that, I think that, um, uh, I think you're probably right. I just, I'm sick, so sick and tired of Cowboys drama that just ends and then keeping him after all. Like, I, I just so sick of it. Like, either let him go or don't do this drama. I feel like they're a petulant child that just locks up in their room and you're like, are you coming out? Are you coming out? Are you coming out? It are you coming like out? Most of the most of the drama surrounding it right now too is more. At least the last I kind of saw was like length of time. Like Dak didn't really want to commit to as much time. I just kind of like. From Dallas's perspective, I'm just kind of like, you know, you've kind of screwed with this guy. Like, you really haven't done him a solid yet. Like, give him one. Like, come on. 
Right, exactly. Like, what else does he have to give you? My God. Like, he, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, let's move on from Dak Prescott, though. All right, Matthew. Here it is. Are you gonna are you gonna quadruple down on your stance here? Let's let's see. Deshaun Watson. He has said to the Texans he's not playing for them. What do you think? <laughs> That's it. What do you think? Do you think he's saying? I don't know if I don't know if Deshaun Watson is gonna play this year. I I still don't think Texans I he might be gone eventually, but I no, I still am not like I. I just don't think Houston. I think Houston still has most of the leverage here. I think that there's really no like the market for him is always going to be there. So it's not like them holding out and, and or like them waiting to have more of his contract go away is going to affect the amount of teams that want him and and, and the bids that they would get. So they they really have like all all the leverage there. Um, he might not play. I don't know. I like. I would if, if Deshaun Watson really believes in that. I'm not going to hold it against him. Uh, it doesn't seem like a Deshaun Watson move. So I kind of almost like think it's not that I like. <laughs> he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's not going to play. Um, but I applaud him if he if he stands by it. But I, I still just it, like I said these these guys just don't get traded, and so it's it's like one of those things where I'm like I can't believe it until I finally see it. And there's certainly a first time for everything. Um, I, mean, I mean, what about what about Carson Wentz leaving? Like, who knew that he was going to get traded off, though? Yeah, but a different different uh, scenario. Carson wasn't playing. Like, Deshaun right now might be the third best quarterback. Carson's struggling quite a lot, you know. Yeah, I I just mm. What I'll, here's what I'll ask. Do you think it's more likely that Deshaun Watson plays next year for a different team or that he doesn't play at all? That like this, so this coming year either doesn't play at all or plays for a different, I think probably doesn't play at all. Dang. Okay. There it is. Yeah. I mean, oh, I would hate that. I would hate, hate, hate that. I really would. Um, But I, I just, I can't believe that he wouldn't get traded. I really can't. Like, just after all, like, isn't Houston, if Houston Texans, aren't you tired of being a laughingstock? Like, aren't you tired of being an absolute circus? Like, my God, aren't you tired of it? Like, honestly, like from the DeAndre Hopkins trade to the, to the, to the coach firing, to this whole drama with Deshaun Watson, you're just a laughingstock. And I just like, and now JJ Watt leave. I mean, my God, I just, Houston should be ashamed of themselves, but I, I get it. Like they have this generational talent. They're not going to bend over just because he's causing a ruckus, but uh, okay. Well, entertain me for any, a second. If he was, if any, he was, if he was any, if he was any other position, I'd say, yeah, he's probably gone. But like, it's just like the fact that he's, like I said, he's probably the third best quarterback right now. Like if you had to pick up every quarterback and I'm not saying longevity wise, cause then he's probably number two, but like, to just win you a game right now, I'm I'm probably going Mahomes one, Rogers two, Watson three, and so I just think Houston is going to try every. They're going to say, "All right, sit down, and we'll just keep on." Hope from their perspective, I, I mean, I hope Houston screws this up because they're idiots, and I hope they get rid of him. And I hope they let him go. Actually, have a fulfilling career because he's one of the most exciting players I've ever watched play the game of football. Um, but what they should try and do, guys, is just cheap on trying to sweeten the pot for him. 
but it doesn't really seem like they're doing that either. So I don't, I mean, they're the dumbest franchise in, in, in the NFL. Them, them or Washington, I don't know. Yeah, them or Washington or Jacksonville with their whole Doyle signing and firing. I mean, who knows between the three of them? <laughs> it's it's a league that that competes pretty uh, <laughs> pretty evenly for dumbest franchise. My goodness, Jordan Bohannon can't miss tonight. Ooh, how many threes he's got now? What five, four, five? I don't know. A lot. There we go, five, buddy. Five, five for seven. Jesus. Okay, well, J-Bo, you got to shoot like that in the tournament, too. You can't just do it against Nebraska. You can't yeah. just do it against Nebraska. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Okay, well, Deshaun Watson, the well, last thing I'll say about it. Let's say he does leave. Where do you think he fits best? Niners. I think it, I think that's what I said before. Like, It's, it's going to be an NFC team for sure. They're not going to trade it to AFC. Certainly not an AFC South team. Um, so then, you know, you think Niners, you think Chicago, but I, I like 49ers would be so good if they got Deshaun Watson. Oh my God. Deshaun Watson throwing to George Kittle and Debo Samuel and, and, uh, what's the young guy's name, uh, out of Arizona state. Brandon Ayuk. Uh, yeah. Brandon. I mean, my God. And, and that running game too. Ugh. Oh, uh, he'd run the play action perfectly. It would, I mean, it'd be, it'd be de- deadly. He'd be great. And I mean, he'd be great anywhere. Like the thing with him is like almost anywhere he goes, as long as they're at like, unless they're what Houston was last year, you know, he's probably not going to go maybe right to Jacksonville or what have you, but like almost anywhere he goes, they become a Super Bowl contender because that's how good he is. Like he's yeah phenomenal. I agree. NFC West would be Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, and Deshaun Watson. My lord. <laughs> my my lord. What Ooh. that would I would not want to play in that conference game. Let's just say that you'd have to play well every time. All right, and the last part I'll say is that, you know, obviously uh we had some uh tragic news as Tiger Woods gotten in a pretty terrible car accident. Uh luckily it didn't end up being anything fatal. Um, unluckily he, he has sustained a lot of injuries, uh, to his legs. Um, and so, you know, we've talked so much on this podcast about hoping that Tiger Woods gets back to, you know, to the, to the masters again and wins and, uh, and yeah, and now we just hope that he gets better and that's all you can hope. And it's, it's a bummer. It really is. Um, definitely has been on my mind the last couple of weeks, um, but you know, we're all thinking about you, Tiger. Everybody loves Tiger Woods. That's been clear since the 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 car accident, you know. And um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, absolutely. Just wishing wishing the absolute best to Tiger is one of those. You know, anytime you see a news report, I feel like even more so now, um, where like you you kind of get heightened um, for for the worst. But um, sounds like for the most part, you know, um, injuries that will not be too life threatening. Um, which is which is great to hear, and um, obviously we want to see him out on the golf course as soon as possible. But most importantly, just want him healthy in his daily life. So get well soon, Tiger, and and hopefully we'll be seeing you play around uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, Tiger, take it take it as a little bit of a challenge. Me and Matt want to talk about you on our podcast and your comeback win. That's what we want to do right here. That is what we want to do. That's let me tell you, it'd be a really good. It'd be a really easy segment to talk about. That would be great. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd cry, honestly. I'm thinking about it right now.
Um, all right. Well, <clears throat> since we've been out for a month, I think it's a good idea to reintroduce, you know, where we met and and where we come from. We talked about Iowa, uh, but if you if you're just tuning in because it's been a month and maybe we get new listeners, if you're just tuning into the podcast, you know, we are Iowa boys at heart. Matt more so than I. Matt more homegrown. Uh, me more an adopted son. Uh, the last eight years before I moved to New York. Um, yeah, and uh, I just Matt, you 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 were just recently in Iowa, and I, you know every time I have to meet someone new, which in New York feels like every damn day. Uh, I, I always have to say, like, they're like, where are you from? And it's so funny because my family's not Iowan and I've lived in other places as long as Iowa. Um, but I always say Iowa. I don't know. I, I just, it, I, I owe so much to the state and like, you know, there's so many jokes I can make about Iowa and we do make about Iowa. Um, and uh, obviously it's impossible, it's impossible not to. <laughs> right. Um, but I don't know. I think Iowa is one of the most beautiful places in the country. And, and, and I, I mean that both in terms of the people there, but also the experiences that I've had um, and the teams that I grew up with, baby. Yeah. Unfortunately we didn't have any protein. Well, we got, we got the Iowa Cubs. Um, yeah. I, uh, while I was home too, I, I talked to a, a good friend of mine's parents and, and they asked me, they were always like, would, would you ever move back to Iowa? And I, I don't know if I would, um, just because like pace wise, whenever I'm back, I'm just like, ah, this is kind of slow for me. Like, I feel like, I feel like I could probably move out of New York city, but I don't know if I could go somewhere as slow as, as Iowa is now. Um, but it was certainly a great place to, to grow up raised in West Des Moines and, and went to the university of Iowa. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was like going back to Iowa. I was really frustrating and does a lot of dumb shit a lot of times, but I, I got, I got a good amount of pride uh as as an iowan i'd say yeah i'd say so um you're definitely right about the dumb shit let me tell you you let me tell you um but uh it's like every state luckily yeah like or, at least, or not not luckily i guess depending on I mean, at least we're not texas um no but i i i think that uh yeah i i definitely have a lot of iowa pride i agree i don't know if i'd ever move back there i just think and and maybe you feel the same way too i was in iowa in the perfect time of my life you know, like I I couldn't have asked for a better place to be in when I was there from high school through college um, and definitely wouldn't be the person that I am today without it. So we love Iowa. We love the Hawkeyes. We will continue to talk about uh, good old Iowa, Iowa City, and uh, hopefully more and more about the Hawks as March heats on. Uh, but for now... We are taking a break from uh, college basketball, taking a break from the NFL, and we are moving to a jam-packed UFC weekend. Not one title fight. Not two title fights. That's right. Three title fights this Saturday night. And not, and not, and not even three champions. Four champions. Four champions because you got you got Blackovitz uh, fighting Adesanya. I mean, uh, let's just get into it. I don't, you know, I mean, the the audacity of the USC to do this to us is 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 just ridiculous uh, to think that they they set this up. I'm happy about it. Obviously, I I just I looked at the lineup and I truly was like. Why? How? How could you? How? I did. I did a double take. I like. I feel like this one. I feel like they didn't even talk about this one that much. Like this whole, 
this whole event, like I, I feel like it, it, it out it of nowhere. Just yeah, just snuck up and and yeah, you got it reminded me of those first few um kind of cards and, and UFC fight nights and, and pay-per-views that we had like at the beginning of the pandemic when the UFC was kind of the first sport um getting back going where we like they they honestly gave us some unbelievable cards. Like this is how this one feels i like you got dominic cruz joseph benavidez kaikara france all fighting on the prelim card it's it's yeah it's gonna be a great night it's gonna be a great night i i i i have saturday night off i'm watching all that baby i really am um no but um let's talk about just the title fights for now obviously lots of uh good prelims but let's talk the title fights there's three title fights in one night for ufc 259 like i said um, you have per, uh, Peter Jan defending his Bantamweight title against a- Ali Jermaine Sterling. Um, you have Amanda Nunes defending her featherweight title against Megan Anderson. And at the light heavyweight, you have the champion Jan Blachowicz defending his belt against middleweight champion moving up. Israel Izzy Adesanya, the style bender, one of my favorite fighters. Uh, I know Matt feels the same. Um yeah, so let's get into it. Let's start with Peter Jan and, and, and Sterling. You know, Peter Jan, a big strike. Um, love his last name. Every time I say it, I feel like I'm a fighter. Um, no, but uh, he's a big he's a big striker for sure. Uh, Sterling, Sterling's one of those fighters who's like, I mean, how many rear naked chokeholds has this guy had for the submission? I, it, it's kind of um, crazy, but he's really good at Brazilian jiu-jitsu both at the 135 weight. I mean, Peter Jan only has one loss, and I really do think uh, that there is a reason for that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Peter Jan, obviously, you know, going up, I think it's his first title defense, maybe, since he since he won. It uh, is. It is, it yes. Is. And uh, I... Which is a different, which is a different, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a different hat to wear, you know? It's a different kind of, you know, request right. to be made I from agree. you. I mean, Matt, what do you feel? I, I feel like I feel like a Sterling could win this fight. I'm not saying he couldn't, but I just feel like he's not going to get Jan in the position where he's going to get that submission, which is where his forte is. I, I, I definitely don't see him knocking out Jan. Um, and I think Jan, if, if he goes the distance, will get the bigger strikes in. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Do you think Sterling can pull off kind of a technique win over, over Peter Jan and claim that championship? Yeah, I, I I do. I actually kind of kind of favor Sterling here. Okay, uh, and I can't I can't even totally put my my finger on why it's uh, it's a toss up. Certainly betting wise, I think both these guys right now are, are minus one ten. Um, so Vegas is is really a, a coin flip on this bad boy. I, I really like Peter Yawn. I think he does have kind of some more power. Um, where if you know he can keep it more on its feet, um, use that boxing skill and stuff, maybe he can get to take 10 himself but i i would be surprised i I think this one's going five rounds uh i I don't i don't think either of these fighters will will really put themselves in too much of a position to to get taken advantage of um unless you know you never know sterling sterling might get one of those submissions as i say all that and then i'm like well uh but no i think i I'm kind of leaning Sterling, but it, it's going to be a really good fight. I think both these guys are it, – it's it's a very even fight for sure. Right. I mean, and, and you know, not that Sterling is anything like Khabib, like going to be like Khabib or anything, but I remember when Khabib was coming up, 
I was always like, oh, the submission guy, is he really going to do it every time? Like, just make people submit every time? And I was like, that no, that's not how it happens. The big strikers, I mean, and look, I mean, just look at Adesanya, same kind of guy. He's not the big striker. He's he's kind of like a, a trap setter. So I, I think that, uh, I think you could be right. I think Sterling could definitely, it's not an upset. You're right. So I think Sterling could pull off the win. Uh, Peter Jan has a lot to prove. We'll see if he's the champion that his belt claims he is. Um, moving on to that next fight, Amanda Nunes, Meg Anderson. Always fun to see Amanda Nunes fight. My question is, I mean, Meg Anderson is the six foot, like big power packer. You know, obviously, you know, her record speaks for herself. But let me remind you, Matthew, that Amanda Nunes hasn't lost since 2014. She has not lost since 2014. Let me name these fighters that she's beaten since then. Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey, Valentina Shevchenko, Rachel Pennington, Chris Cyborg, Holly Holm, Jermaine Duranamy, and then Felicia Spencer most recently. I mean, she has defended her title, what, eight times? And she hasn't lost in seven years. So what about Meg Anderson makes me think that she's going to be the one to do it? I I don't know. <laughs> Not, nothing. I mean, like, you know, you know, like sometimes there's times where like that somebody is just like going up again, like when Serena was on a tear or when Tiger was on tie, it just didn't matter who the opponent was. That's what this this feels like, and that's what it's kind of gotten to with with Amanda Nunez. Uh, you know, Megan Anderson, like I said, a really good fighter has has some good size to her. But even even though she stands at six foot compared to Nunez at five eight, I, I, it's only about a three and a half uh, inch difference in reach. Uh, Nunez is sixty nine inch reach, while uh, Anderson seventy two and a half. So you know, a lot of times when you see that sort of discrepancy height-wise, four inches, um, you expect to also see it in the reach, and 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 that's where you can really make a a, a big difference for you in, in a fight. But she, uh, Anderson doesn't really have that advantage. Even if she did, I I, I don't think it would matter. It's it's Amanda Amanda Nunez. She's got you know six successful title defenses in her career, over two different weights. She's She's one of the best fighters in the world right now, and and, and she's going to get it done uh, on Saturday again. There you go. I I agree. Meta Nunez would have to be so horribly injured for me to pick her against her, like it really would. Um, and I that's not the case, thankfully. So we will see Amanda Nunez probably defend her belt, or we will see the upset of a ridiculous huge like N- just- N- Nunez is minus one thousand one hundred. Anderson, no. plus, Anderson's plus 700. I mean, like, wow. if you want a lot of value for your bet and and be able to put a lot of – not a lot of money on there and, and win a lot, go for Anderson. But You're it's pretty clear. Yeah. 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 Don't expect it back. Don't expect it back. All right. Well, you know, now that we've talked so much shit, maybe something will happen. All right. And finally – Israel Adesanya obviously beat Paula Costa last time out in ridiculous fashion, who's recently come out and said like, oh, I drank too much wine the night before and I didn't sleep very well. I'm like, dude, you got you got clobbered. So like, well, then, well, then you're an idiot for not like prepping yourself better for your the biggest fight of your life. Like, I don't like, I'm supposed to feel bad for you that you were a moron, like the, proves it even more that you're not a champion. Right. He's like, oh, I had to wake up at 530 and I couldn't get to sleep until two. And then I drank a bottle of wine to help. And I was like, you are the dumbest person I've yeah. ever heard of. Um, but uh, Adesanya fighting a little bit. Sure, of heavy- I'm sure no other athlete has ever had, you know, pre-event anxiety that's that's uh, caused them to 
lose some sleep. Come on. Right, exactly. He's just, he's full of himself, and we knew that already, but he's he can't back it up too which is just the worst if you if you're full of yourself and you can't back it up get out of here yeah then it's just then you're just an idiot then you're just an idiot i agree um but yeah we have him going up to light head if he wait uh he's trying to he's trying to do the do the deed here and he's trying to do it against jan blockowitz obviously um jan blockowitz who thought he would be here um not everyone for sure uh so uh he's got a title defense and what a title defense he's gonna have to go into i mean granted fighting at light heavyweight is not the same as fighting a middleweight, you know? So it's like, it's going to be harder. I think for Izzy, I, you know, we know he loves, he, I mean, Adesanya is one of the smartest, most technique driven fighters of, of all time. I mean, of all time, uh, he's an all time great in my head. He's an all time great waiting to happen. Um, and I think that I, I, I'm picking Adesanya for this one. I'll start off by saying simply because I've learned not to pick against Adesanya. Like, it's like you don't pick against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, just like you don't pick against Adesanya in UFC. You just don't. Um, Like, can they lose? Yes. Do they lose often? No. Um, But Jan Blockowitz is a great fighter in his own right. And I think that he has the... He has the fighting IQ and the reach um, to, you know make it harder for Izzy to find those punches that he likes to find those knockout blows, those, those kind of trap punches, um, which really put out his opponents kind of out of nowhere. Um, so I can see Jan Blockwitz maybe winning by decision. I could see that. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm still going with Adesanya. I love Adesanya. Yeah, this is, this is an exciting one. Uh, Jan's, Jan's first title defense as well. And, and comes from somebody who's, who's not a, a normal um, light heavyweight. Um, so, you know, he's, he's kind of doing, he's kind of doing the whole division, um, or fighting for the whole division's credit in this fight. You don't, you don't really want the middleweight guy to come up and, and steal that crown from you guys. It's, you know, it's really a fight, you know, more for me, of course, as Jan's first title defense, this could be, you know, the start of of a nice reign within the light heavyweight division. I don't think a lot of people see that. Um, Izzy is favored in this one, I believe minus, 200 at the moment uh minus 240 pardon me uh yawn at, at plus 200 um so really the story more is israel adesanya can he become the fifth fighter ever to hold two uh titles uh, at the same time jordan mcgregor cormier cejudo and of course the the aforementioned amanda nunez and doing that you know moving to 20 20 and uh, 21 pardon 21 and oh and and holding two different d- division titles for Izzy, that you know, that throws you right into the the conversation of of the greatest of all time, um, and so that's really, I think, now what this what this fight um, signifies as, as kind of a, a new a new road for for Izzy as he tries to to really write a, a legacy that that's going to be possibly one of the greatest, um, and we'll see where he, he goes forward weight wise. Um, apparently, he's not really adding a lot of weight. Like I think he's staying more towards uh low 190, more towards the middle weight, um, weight even for this fight. So who knows? But yeah, I, I think Izzy's going to get this one. I, I, I see a knockout as well. Right. And I mean, the last time that a UFC middleweight champion moved up to light heavyweight during his title reign, Anderson Silva in 2012, who we know Israel Adesanya kind of idolizes. Um, so a nice little story there and uh, rumors that if he wins this fight, 
he's on to fight Bones Jones. So another fight I would love to see. Uh, certainly hope that one happens. That would that would be a wild one. Then I th- then I think I mean Izzy's got to put weight on. Yeah, that one. There's no way he could stay at, especially if Bones Jones is. Hopefully, we'll be seeing an exciting you know heavyweight fight from him once the uh, Stipe and and Ngannou battle happens. But you know that's that's what uh, fighting is. You know, what combat sports is is it's 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 always dreaming of the next fight. Like even even when we're getting this one, and we're like, oh, and then after this one, it could really set up this one. Like it's always just anticipation for for the next fight, which I I kind of love. Me too, because it's just kind of like, and after this one, Khabib comes out of the woodwork and challenges. <laughs> Honestly, like that's what it is. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Hundred oh. percent. Yeah, honestly. Um, okay, so we picked our winners already. Uh, you think Sterling, I'm going Jan. We both got Nunez. We both got Adesanya. Regardless, it's going to be an exciting Saturday. And with that... It's going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. And with that, let's just move right into it. We got quick fire questions, Matthew. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I've been. It's been a long layoff. Throw me, throw me back in it, baby. There you go. Well, you know, I, I, I'm throwing you back in it here, uh, but uh, I'm throwing you back in it NBA style. You know, we, we haven't had any NBA really this 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 segment. We will, obviously, in the future. So much to talk about. Um, but let's it talk going, NBA. It ain't going nowhere. It ain't going nowhere. You're right. It ain't going nowhere. But so let's talk NBA since uh, since we're here. Uh, the All-Star uh, uh, match is obviously happening, which is like, who, who cares? You know, like. We were like, why should it happen? But something interesting. The yeah, we never got point- that. We never got that web that uh, episode out. We oh yeah, against the All Star game. We yeah, you guys. In case there's any. <laughs> you guys didn't hear so many episodes because of some technical issues, but uh, but uh, you know, we were against it. Just believe us. I'll find a segment where it's like we were against it. Um, I'll release it somewhere. But you know, the three point contest. The three-point contest looks ridiculous. The three-point contest, Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Steph Curry, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. I mean, what a star-studded three-point contest. So, Matthew, who's taking home that three-point crown, though? Oh, man. That's a a tough one. Give me the names again. I'll give you the names. Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Steph Curry, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. Oh man. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Booker. There you go. Devin yeah. Booker. I love that pick. I love that yeah. pick. That, yeah. I mean, I think it'd be dope if Steph Curry won it, you know, with all that he's done. Steph, uh, Steph seems like the like the the, the smart answer. Uh and I could see like Levine kind of just like showing out in a competition like that, but I'm I'm sticking with Devin Booker. Good, and we won't even talk the dunk contest because boring. Um, let's move on to the NBA, uh, the regular season, the real questions. All right, Matthew, the Nets, your team, have a big three that looks like they're ready to dominate. They got James Harden playing some of his best ball. Kevin Durant obviously has had injuries, but he looks like his best when he's back. And Kyrie Irving also looking like his best when he's back. Playing in a big three like that, as long as those three are together, which maybe it's a long time, maybe it's not. Probably not, but like, who knows? Do you think any of those players win MVP while they're playing together? 
honestly, I'm going to say yes, because I think James Harden is is slowly entering his name into that. I, I don't know how you can't have him in, in at least the top five. I'd probably put him, I, I'd put him behind, you know, the Joker and Embiid and, and probably LeBron. Um, but how many more people, the, the way he's been playing? Um, and I think he's, it, it, he's out to prove something. Uh, I think he knows he didn't handle the Houston situation well. I think he also kind of felt trapped and felt like that was the only way he could – he could deal with it. Um, does that absolve him? No, but like you, you can see, you can see his point of view, and I think he he wants to prove to people that he really does care about the game. He cares about winning, um, and and I've been so impressed with him uh, and watching him for the Nets. I didn't watch a ton of him with the Rockets, uh, but his, his vision, you know, people always would get on him for like being a ball hog or whatever, or even sometimes comparing him to Kobe. He's nothing like Kobe. He passes the ball as well as any, you know, shooting kind of swing guard as I've ever seen. Pro- probably the best ever seen. We're now used to the point where he's the point guard in, in Brooklyn. So, yes, I'll say yes, James Harden this this year is going to win it. Ooh, love that. <laughs> love that. He took my question and went, like, I didn't ask this year. I just, I just said in general. <laughs> well, this year's probably the best year, honestly, you know, because, like, I, he's got a little bit of a storyline to it. KD and Kyrie might be in and out, especially with the pandemic and stuff. It, it might rely on someone kind of taking control like he's had to do. Um, so I, I, because otherwise I think the, the longer together the, they're together, the less the, the, you know, kind of the illustrious successes don't, don't, uh, they don't glimmer shine as quite as bright. Yeah, I agree. Well, I love that answer. Love that answer. And finally, this one's going to hurt. This one's going to hurt. Um, Two players so good who have just been plagued by teams that can't make it past a certain level of play, even at their best. Bradley Beal for the Washington Wizards, Damian Lillard for the Portland Trailblazers. You get to pick one player who you think will be an NBA champion one day. Which is it? Oh, man. I kind of, I mean, I want to say Beal because I think Beal has a better chance of going somewhere else because I'm not sure. Damian, <laughs> like the Blazers have been good enough where like Dame is like, no, we can do this here, and I they just can't. They're just not going to be able to. Um, I, I know that he sees what happened in in, in Golden State, uh, but there's it, there's a few more things at play in Golden State, i.e., you know, Silicon Valley started to get a little more in play in the NBA. Um, which certainly coincided with the Warriors being a more successful franchise. Um, Portland's just not going to – this is a tough one. I'll go I'll go Bradley Beal because, yeah, I think he's, he's going to end up on a better team. There you go. Bradley Beal because he's going to leave. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I love like, that. Like, uh, Dame doesn't really want to leave. And like I said, like, the Trailblazers are always good enough where – Dave's like, oh yeah, we got, we can do this, but they can't. They just, they're not. Yeah, honestly, I'm ready for the Celtics to trade the farm for Bradley Beal. I really am. I want the Celtics to trade the farm for him. I really do. I, uh, he loves Jason Tatum, and he wants to go to Boston. I can just feel it. And I, and I, if we trade Jalen Brown, who are you trading him for? Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker, right there. Damn. Because why Why both of them? They never both do well at the same time. So just get both of them 
and and get and get Bradley Beal and then get a lot of pieces around them. I don't know. That's like all I want. That's really all I want. Um, I love Jalen Brown. Don't get me wrong. I'm just so sick of the Celtics not being able to figure it out. And it's not Jalen Brown's fault. Obviously, he's an all star. But I, I just feel like we need something else. And one of those pieces has to go. And as, as great as Jalen Brown is, I just don't think that the Celtics are going to get rid of Jason Tatum. So I, I just, uh, yeah, they're not. I, I think he's going to have to be sacrificed somewhere. Um, and, and whoever gets Jalen Brown is, I get guaranteeing you all of a sudden going to be a crazy good team. And everyone's going to be like, how did you let him go? Um, it's going to suck, but like, we need to do something. I'm just sick of it. I can't even talk about the Celtics. Anyway, great quick fire questions round. And with that, we are at the first new eras. Matthew, say it, say it, say it, say it. Cool down. Well, that was a really good one. That was a really great one to get back to. Love that. Well, you talked it up so much. I had to really bring it. I, I really did. I didn't mean to put you under so much pressure, but I, I really did. Um, yeah, I mean. Rose that, to the occasion. That's the occasion. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We're so happy to be back and doing this. I'm so happy to have Matt back in the city. Uh, it, it really feels like we're we're back in business. Um, you know, we this this for me. We've talked about it so much, but this for me is such like a is a great thing to have. Um, as life gets back to it, you know, I am still grateful to have this podcast. It's so much fun. Uh, it allows me to talk about and kind of do a little bit of what I love uh, with somebody that I care a lot about. So thank you so much for joining us. We're happy to be back. Uh, I can say this now, get vaccinated if you can. Get vaccinated if you can, people. Uh, that's something I can say now, which is uh, couldn't say before. So that's, that's get vaccinated. Uh. Yeah, so stay safe, wear a mask, get vaccinated if you can. And as always, cheers, y'all.